0: Hello. Today, we are going to look at the Tao Te Ching, chapter six and chapter seven. And I will begin, of course, with chapter six, from the Regina Dawn Akers translation of the Tao. I called chapter six benefits without intention. Vast emptiness never dies. It is called the mysterious female. It exists continuously, ceaselessly. It benefits without intention or effort. This is a very simple, very short chapter. The vast emptiness, of course, is the Tao or the way. It's prior to any type of manifestation, which is why it's called vast emptiness. And since it is the source of all that is, it is also known as the female, right, the one that gives birth. And at its gateway is the root of the universe. And to use a a sexual example, If you think of a, of a female, you know, giving birth, right? These are the female's legs, of course, and this is where the birth comes out. This is where a manifestation comes out. This is the gateway and this gateway is the root of the universe. So really it's simply saying that the Tao, that which is prior to this gateway, right? That is the female. That is the source. That is vast emptiness. That exists continuously, ceaselessly, eternally. Again, chapter six, vast emptiness never dies. It is called the mysterious female. It's gateway is the root of the universe it exists continuously ceaselessly it benefits without intention or effort and the only sentence here i want to look at more closely is that last one it benefits without intention or effort let me share another translation of that sentence this translation is from um Jia Fu Fung and Jane English right and this particular book is lovely has lots of lovely pictures in it so chapter six the last sentence I said of course it benefits without intention or effort that was my translation they say use it it will never fail Use it, it will never fail. It benefits without intention or effort. Those are not exactly the same translations, although both true, I think. But let's just go and look at the translation of this. So, this is chapter six, and um, you'll notice the last lines of chapter six. Here we have the same character twice continuous continuous as exist, which I said exists continuously, ceaselessly. This part is that last sentence, which I translated as usefulness of no diligent. And again, just to remind you, they said use it. It will never fail. So let's go look at the dictionary. I've already put those characters in the dictionary. And here we can see it can mean to use. So they would say use it, right? Use it. No. And then here, um, they're using the word fail, but you'll know. notice the word fail is not one of the options that I had in this dictionary or in my other dictionaries. In fact, after putting this last character in all three of my dictionaries, the word that I came up with was diligent. So instead of use it, no diligent. And of course, this is the possessive character I showed you in the beginning. Really, this is saying whatever is said here is pointing back to here. So whatever is said here is pointing back to the first character. I ended up selecting usefulness, instead of to use the usefulness of which is a popular way of translating this character, usefulness of no diligent. In other words, it's usefulness happens without diligence. Its usefulness happens without we could even say intention. If we look up diligent, in the Thesaurus, notice without industriousness, without hard working, without conscientiousness, without uh, particularness, meticulousness, without being painstaking, without exacting, right, without careful, without intent, right. There are lots of words here that point to what diligent means. So what I saw here is it's saying. The Tao is useful without intending to be useful. It benefits without intending to benefit. In other words, the Tao is not judging. The Tao is not like the uh, imaginary God that is more like a person which looks at the world and says, this should not be happening. Therefore, I will do something different to correct that. The Tao doesn't have that kind of intention in it. It doesn't have that kind of thinking in it. It doesn't have that kind of judgment in it. The way the Tao benefits or the way the Tao is useful is just by being itself. Just its natural self. And that's what leads us directly into chapter seven, which is why I said we would discuss chapter six and chapter seven together. So let's go directly into chapter seven, which I titled, Forget Yourself. Chapter seven, the universe is long lasting. The reason the universe is long lasting. The reason the universe is long lasting is because it does not live for itself. It does not live for itself. This is why it endures. Therefore, sages put themselves after others, and yet they find themselves ahead. Although they are not self-concerned, they are cared for. They do not adhere to lack, selfishness, or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. In other words, what is natural does not have a self or a sense of self in it. What is enduring such as the Tao and the universe, does not have a sense of self in it, which means a sense of self is not natural. And so to become in harmony with the natural, we need to forget our self. The average person, of course, is extremely attached to what they perceive as themselves, as to I, to me, and very concerned about getting my way, Uh, very concerned about the safety of this person, very concerned about this person's happiness. And what the Tao is really saying is that's not natural. That's somehow something other than natural. And you can see that if you look at the universe. Notice the universe itself is being, is happening, but without that sense of I, that sense of me. Let me share with you from chapter seven again. The universe is long lasting. The reason the universe is long lasting is because it does not live for itself. This is why it endures. Therefore, sages put themselves after others and yet they find themselves ahead. Although they are not self-concerned, they are cared for. They do not adhere to lack, selfishness, or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. I wanna look at the translation of the last two lines. They do not adhere to lack, selfishness, or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. And let me just share with you from the same translation that I shared from before by Fu Fufeng and by Jane English. And let's look at that same part of chapter seven. They wrote, through selfless action, they attain fulfillment, which is really very similar in, in meaning to what I wrote. I translated it. They do not adhere to lack selfishness or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. And these ladies translated it as through selfless action, they attain fulfillment. Very similar um, meaning. But let's go look at the translation. If we scroll down to Chapter 7, you'll notice these characters I translated as not use his or her lack selfish or nefarious, which I said they do not adhere to lack selfishness or wickedness, therefore can accomplish his, her personal, which I said, hence they accomplish their purpose. And um, Gia Fu Fung and Jane English talked about their fulfillment. If we take these characters and we put them into the dictionary, <clears throat> notice this first character not as well as wrong incorrect not be non right but i chose not and this next character use right not use the personal pronoun character not use his or her we're talking about the sage could also be there talking about the sages not using his or her or not using their now notice the next two characters together mean selfless or unselfish. But then you have this last character, which means demonic, nefarious, evil. So when I looked at translations, such as the one that I read from Jia Fu Fang and Jane English, and I read about the selflessness of the sage. The selflessness of the sage certainly made perfect sense to me. And again, the way way they worded it is through selfless action. That made perfect sense to me. But what I couldn't figure out is why is this character at the end of the sentence? In my dictionary, what happens when it puts two characters together and translates them? You can also look at the meaning of those characters alone. Notice this character means not to have or no, but it can also mean lack. Now, if we say not, use, there, no, selfish, You can see how you get to selflessness, but then we still have this last character hanging here. What if we read it this way? Not use their lack. They don't use their ideas of lack. And then they don't use Their ideas of selfishness or personalness, right? Personal will, which could also be their privateness, their private thoughts. And they also don't use their wickedness, right? There's wickedness in the thoughts of every human. They know not to use that. So instead of seeing this as not use their selflessness and then nefarious which didn't really make great sense to me instead of looking at these two characters together as selfless it made more sense to me to look at the characters individually and then it says not use their lack not use their selfish and not use their nefarious, which is of course how I translated it. Sages put themselves after others, and yet they find themselves ahead. Although they are not self-concerned, they are cared for. They do not adhere To lack selfishness or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. You may remember after chapter two, I shared a summary of chapters one and two, which really clarified the meaning of those two chapters. I've now written a summary of chapters three through seven. And what I'd like to do at this point is share that summary with you in order to really clarify the messages in chapters three through seven. So this is the summary, please read along with me. Starting with chapter three, you can see how the perception of duality is created. If you look at naming and defining carefully, For example, when you praise some individuals as having done a good job, others who were not praised feel not good enough. If you say that certain things are valuable, whether that be money, particular possessions, certain experiences, or whatever, others who do not have those things begin to covet them and some will stoop to unscrupulous ways to obtain the things you've overvalued. If people see their leaders wanting and then controlling to get what they want, the people will follow suit. They will want, and they will want to get what they want. With that said, here is how we can lead. First, let's look at ourselves we can ask, where am I judging? What do I want? How do I want things my way? When do I try to control what's happening? When am I dissatisfied with things as they are, etc." Through this type of inquiry, we begin to see how our ideas, judgments and desires, Are part of the problem, and we will begin to lose interest in them. After all, we don't want to be part of the problem. We want to be part of the solution. How can we be part of the solution? Abandon our old ways of thinking and deciding and learn to rely on intuition. The Tao communicates through intuition, not through thinking. As we learn to rely on intuition more and thinking less we begin to move in harmony with the dao as we practice living by intuition we witness how the Tao takes care of things we see that our previous ways of thinking are not helpful and are not needed we see how the problems we used to create for ourselves and others do not arise when everything is left to the Tao. Instead, everything is arranged naturally and easily, frequently in ways we could never have predicted. By seeing this, we learn to trust the Tao. And so we surrender our thinking and self-will even more. And our harmony with the Tao becomes more obvious. As our harmony with the Tao is noticed by others, some begin to ask questions. They want the peace and ease that they see we live with. We will then teach them what we have learned through our own direct experience. To have peace, let go of thinking you know how things should be. Let go of wanting things to be different than they are. Do not try to control things based on your ideas. Living by intuition is different than thinking. It can be called doing without doing. It is flowing. And the one that guides the flow, the one that makes all things happen, is the Tao. The Tao is always available, like a vessel that you use and rinse and reuse again. You do not need to be concerned that it will run out. It won't. If you begin to worry that it cannot manage some situations, look at nature and the brilliance with which it is managed, and then remember that the Tao is even greater than the brilliance of nature, because the Tao is the source of nature's unfathomable intelligence. On a macro level, the Tao, when left alone and not interfered with, softens sharpness, smooths out tangles and merges its divine light with the dust of the world on a personal level it can diminish your sharpened sense of self your strong ideas about who you are as an individual it will clarify your wisdom thus eliminating your confusion and merge its divine nature with your human nature until you cannot distinguish yourself from the Tao. That's when you see how deep, profound, clear, and mysterious the Tao really is. It is the truth within all things and beyond all things. There is nothing but the Tao and there never has been anything but the Tao. How did the Tao come into being? No one knows. It is prior to everything we are aware of, including our highest ideas, and most dear ideals. We must understand that the flow of the Tao is natural, mysterious, and it does not play favorites. Even if you are emperor, you cannot make the Tao flow in the way you want it to. It flows in the way it flows, and that is all. When you are enlightened to the ways of the Tao, you become like the Tao. Your words and movements are natural, mysterious, and impartial. You do not happen for yourself or for anyone else. You simply happen in the way that you happen. I say again, when the flow of the Tao is left alone and not interfered with, it is a powerful healing force. It is like a bellows. Just as a bellows can cure an ailing fire, the Dao cures weaknesses in nature and in humanity. Just as a bellows can be used and reused, the Dao is always available to bring healing and light into the world. Of course, we can talk about the Dao all day and all night, and the talk itself is useless unless this talk inspires you to become centered in the Dao. To abandon your old ways, and embrace the intuitive guidance of the Tao. It's living the Tao that matters. The Tao is eternal. Just as a woman gives birth to a child, the Tao gives birth to the universe. It exists unceasingly as itself. It is great intelligence without intention, great healing without purpose, the great before without objective, and the great now without direction. This is why we call it natural. Look at the universe and contemplate how long lasting it is. Look at the earth. It is also long lasting, is it not? They are long lasting because they are like the Tao, natural. A thing that is natural is not contrived. A thing that is contrived is deliberate in its ways, intending to move itself and others in a way that suits itself. In other words, the universe and the earth are long-lasting because they do not attempt to interfere with the Tao. They are natural, so they are sustained by what is natural. We can learn from them. Here are the natural ways of leadership. Leaders support the ones they lead. Instead of asking others to bend to their will, leaders sense the direction of the people and lead them in the direction they are already going. Said another way, they intuit the flow, follow the flow, and in this way, lead others in harmony with the flow leaders are not concerned about gaining for themselves. However, because they are flowing with what's natural, what's natural sustains them. Leaders maintain this momentum by releasing ideas of lack, by ignoring selfish impulses, and by remaining in line with integrity. This is how leaders stay in harmony with the flow. And of course, Again, my chapter seven ended with, they do not adhere to lack selfishness or wickedness. Hence, they accomplish their purpose. What is their purpose? To stay in harmony with the flow. To stay centered in the Tao. It's not the kind of purpose that comes from a personal will. It's just to stay in harmony with the Tao and to be moved by the Tao. As an assignment, since we like to do these assignments to help us live the Tao, what you might do is take chapters three through seven from the Tao Te Ching and look at it side by side with the summary that I have written and contemplate it if you want to read some chapters three through seven from other people as well right and just contemplate it and let it let yourself deeply realize what being centered with the Tao means what letting go of self-will means what being in harmony with the Tao means absorb these and then we'll be ready to move on to chapter eight Of course, as you know, I always like to read somebody else's translation. And so I am going to read uh, chapter six and chapter seven. This is from Sanderson Beck, 1996. The spirit of the valley never dies. It is called the mystical female. The door of the mystical female is the root of heaven and earth. It seems to be continuously within us. Use it and it will never fail. Heaven is eternal and the earth is very old. They can be eternal and long lasting because they do not exist for themselves. And for this reason can long endure. Therefore the wise put themselves last, but find themselves foremost. They are indifferent to themselves, and yet they always remain. Is it not because they do not live for themselves that they find themselves fulfilled? I'll put my summary of chapters three through seven underneath the video. So that you'll have it so that you can contemplate it. And next time I see you, we'll look at chapter eight. Happy contemplation. Bye.